are jumping into a series that's really kind of a continuation of what we talked about in our last series about how God is for you. Uh, we looked at how God is for you, for us, and for everyone. Now we're going to spend a little time in some series dialoguing about uh, a few weeks about how God is for you, and specifically through the lens of he's for you following him. And this whole concept of following we're going to dive into. I remember the first leadership conference I went to when I felt like I was supposed to become a pastor. And I went to this leadership conference with a speaker whose name is John Maxwell. He's like the leadership guru of uh, like Christian leadership at the time. I had these enjoy leadership tape cassettes that I would listen to in my car. Yeah, that's right, guys. I had a car with a tape cassette player, big time. Innovation right there. But so we were uh, growing in leadership. And he would always say, if you want to know who the leader is, you know, you look around them, and, and then he would challenge you and say, if you think you're leading, and you look behind you, and no one is following, you're not the leader, right? And it would just be like, oh. So we would all be looking behind us and figuring out, am I a leader? Am I not a leader? But he would challenge us because leaders have this way of getting people to follow. And God is our ultimate leader. And from the beginning of time, he has been calling us to follow him and showing us how to follow him. So in this series, we're going to unpack that. We're going to unpack what it looks like to, to follow. Like, what is the theology of following today? It'll be a little bit of Sunday school with steroids, right, moment. And then we're looking at what is it to be a follower. In a couple weeks, we'll wrap it up to what is it like to have the responsibility of helping others follow and find Jesus. So pretty pumped about this series. I think it's going to bring a new, fresh approach to your faith in Jesus, give you a little bit of taste of that life to the full that God promises us, and that God is for you and has given you a method to grow in relationship with him, and it's called following. Our big idea is God wants to be your guide. God wants to be your guide. Since the beginning, God has guided man to follow him. And Jaden last week talked a little bit about this concept of being yoked with God. If you were here last week, you got to hear that. I t actually, when I got up here, I tightened my music stand really tight. If you were here last week, his iPad met the floor. And I was trying to think of how to rig like a fake iPad with some pyrotechnics and do it again and see if it could go poof, but I thought of that idea too late. I'm sure it's possible. But uh, he was talking about this concept of being yoked with Jesus, like being connected with Jesus and in stride with Jesus and, and uh, how we're paired up with him leading the way. And, and I was even dialoguing about this in a uh, pre-marriage one-on-one uh, -on -one yesterday, just the reality of us keeping pace and being in rhythm with God and, and him guiding us. And I had this visual. Have you ever done a three-legged race? You, you like tie your leg to somebody else's. And when you're doing that and you're, you're 
in stride with each other, you're going to do really well. But the whole goal of that is that you don't do well, right? It's more, that's like, that's, it's kind of funny to watch people both try to lead. And if they're both trying to lead, what's going to happen? Face plants, you know, feet tangled. It's going to be all kinds of stuff happening. But if, if subtly one person begins to lead and the other person is very focused on keeping stride and rhythm with the lead, it's really hard to tell who's leading and who's in rhythm. And that's how God wants to lead us, with us. He wants to, to walk with us. He wants to lead with us. And we can see the imagery of this since the beginning of time. We can see that he's been walking with us and keeping pace with us. And so Jaden was challenging that with the concept of a yoke last week and how God wants to guide and help us in our load to be light because he's carrying and leading the way and we just have to keep rhythm. There's more to life and God wants to lead us into more through following him. Are we following or are we leading is what we need to really be looking at. And the first thought today is God's been guiding us from the beginning. So he creates man. He creates man and he hangs out with man. You can read in in Genesis 2, 7 through 8 and verse 15. It says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man he had made to tend And watch over it, it says in verse 15. It goes on in Genesis 3, 8 through 9. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? So what's going on here? God would walk with Adam all the time. You can read through the beginning of Genesis, and, and they're walking around. They're naming animals. They're, they're like, that's a, tr- a trunkologist. Oh, let's, no, let's, okay, an elephant. It doesn't actually say what they name the animals, you know. And, but they're walking around naming animals. They're, they're naming trees. They're walking around and experiencing the environment together. So the point of this passage, it should be no shock when we hear God was walking about in the garden. He did that all the time, daily. The shock here is God, when he was walking around with Adam and they were naming things, he was realizing, you know, God, Adam really needs relationship with others. We're designed to be in relationship with others. It's the way we're wired. And whether we're an introvert or an extrovert, we need others. And so he was trying to figure out, man, I need to make an other for Adam. And so he formed a woman out of his rib, and, and it, all of a sudden they become unashamed together, living life together, unclothed together, with no shame. Don't blush. Anyway, so they were walking around the garden, hanging out, and there's this one tree God said in this garden he made for Adam and Eve. He said, there's this one tree you shouldn't eat of. It's a tree of good and evil. If you eat of it, then, you, you know, that will be sin. That will be wrong, and... And somehow they were deceived by the snake, which was the, the devil, that they were 
able to eat of it and everything would be cool. They would just grow in wisdom. And so they ate of the fruit. And that's when we see God walking around in the garden and doesn't find Adam and Eve because they're hiding because they're ashamed of their nakedness. They knew they were naked because they now had sin in their life. And so this whole repercussion of sin that's alive today began through this couple who sinned. And so we look at the reality, though, in this text. That's not why we're reading it today. The reality that we want to highlight is God constantly walked around with man and woman. Like he, was, he hung out with them. That's his desire is for relationship with us. It was normal for God to be there. And he wants to still have a relationship with us. He would walk around leading the way for Adam. And look what I made over here. And look at that crazy creature. And, and look at that crazy creature, you know. And, and they would have good times and relationship with one another. Fast forward. And you find God's people now multiplied on the face of the earth as he had instructed them. And, and you have the people of Israel, the chosen people of God. They'd been enslaved in Egypt for years and they cried out to God and he let them go and led them into the wilderness and rescued them from slavery and the tyranny of the Egyptians. And they find themselves out in the wilderness and God is reestablishing relationship with his people and he's showing up. And it says this in Exodus 13, verse 21 through 22, it says, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day and by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. The people always had something to follow. They had the presence of God to follow. The cloud was God's presence, right? A representation of his presence at day that was visible. And then at night, this fire. And and throughout the Old Testament, fire is a representation of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And, And we still see that in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit comes upon people in the book of Acts. It's as if there were clothing tongues of fire. So there was this leadership happening and this offer come and follow because where was God ahead of them in front of the people and the Lord went ahead of them God's been trying to lead us forever what type of boldness do you think it would take people in a wilderness to follow fire (laughs) does that make any sense right it's like maybe it's the smoky the bear inside of me but it's like fire wilderness sure let's let's hang out right they didn't run they pursued because they knew this was the the spirit of god they knew this was the presence of god and they were bold they decided to follow in the wilderness did they complain yeah did they whine about the wilderness absolutely were they there a long time read exodus and leviticus it's kind of brutal and uh so how are you doing at letting god go ahead of you How are you doing at letting God lead the way? Or are you tempted to lead and try to get God to just bless your way? Hey, I'm going this way, God. If you, man, I'd really love your blessing on this because 
I'm for sure going to go. I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to, I'm going to lead. If you want to follow along, God. That's not how they did it. That's not how God designed it. And the challenge is on us. Thought two, which in your notes, if you're using the, the app, then there's a thought two. If you're using the printout, I forgot to write the two and the three. So just work along with me. It's just thoughts today. Just thoughts. No numbers. Um, anyway. Uh, thought to God's guidance is exemplified by Jesus. In Mark 8, verse 34 through 36, which is on top of your notes there too, it says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Wow. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Man, Jesus was talking here and sharing. He was making this extremely clear. Follow me, right? He wasn't using symbolism. There's no cloud. There's no pillar of fire. This is like, no, like, follow me and lay down your own way. This is where you'll find life. To follow Jesus meant to lay down your own aspirations and take on the aspirations God put within us uniquely, each and every one of us. Like, God values your unique story. And where you're at, where you're at right now, you might look at as like, well, man, I'm at, I'm at this location because of the mistakes I've made. Or I've, I'm, I'm at where I'm at because I have, you know, taken wrong turns. Or I'm at where I'm at because of who went before me. Yeah, all of that. And what God's saying is right where you're at. In your current state, I now want to lead you. I want you to lay your life down so that, like, you can experience more of it. Let me take lead. Follow me. He's not a condemner. He comes alongside and he's like, follow me. So what does this mean to go? Do we go without? Do we, if we're laying down our own way and taking up the way of Jesus? This is not giving up our dreams. This is giving up our dreams of the dreams being about us. It's about saying, okay, God, I want this to be about you. You don't want God to bless your desires. You want him to bless the desires within your heart that he's placed there. Slightly different, right? Those desires will be the ones that truly, truly fulfill you it's the idea you have and you're like man I haven't thought of this before I'm going to go down this road I'm going to follow this idea I'm going to go down this rabbit trail and all of a sudden it works out and it's so fulfilling and you're like wow now we could do two things there we could go I am brilliant I'm the smartest that ever was right or you could just go thank you God for that idea this is a little difference yeah, did you have the creativity and the makeup and the mindset to achieve that concept or whatever that idea was? Absolutely, and it was put there by God. Because he creates all of us in his own image. 
Man, to every parent in the room, you'll get it. When you, your child gets an award or they do well or they're, they're you know, performing well in a sport or something's going right and you're just like, yes, right? It's not, you could be just like, I'm the dad. And then it'd be weird. You're tweeting it, you know. I'm the best dad ever because here's my son, you know. There are dads like that. I'm not going to name any. But there's some basketball ones that I'm thinking of. But anyway, so, uh, you know, there's, it's like interesting to consider. You're just like there, there are fathers like that out there. But that's not the goal. The goal is like, that's my son. I am filled with joy. But it's them. It's like not me. It's something through me, right? Or to all, uh, you know, it's the person you trained or you helped raise up and send out, maybe in your work or whatever. Maybe it was a mentorship that you were in and they're doing well and you're like, "Ah." maybe you went through re-engage and helped somebody in their marriage and you're seeing their marriage thrive and you're like, thank you God, because you know it's not you, but yet you got to be a part of it. Somebody in your group that's going through something and you're praying for one another and they come back with that clean bill of health that the cancer's gone or the relationship is restored with their child or whatever the prayer request was and you were a part of it. You provided meals when they had a child. You served them and it's like part of your story. You see where I'm going with this? God wants us to follow him so that he can impact the world around us and through us. But if it's all about us, and we're taking up our desires and elevating ourselves through every opportunity. That's not how we take up our cross. In the day, take up your cross meant one thing. For Jesus to say, take up your cross, everybody knew, well, what's a cross? A cross is the form of capital punishment in the day. So if he's going to say, take up your cross and follow me, he was saying, die to yourself and follow me. Wow. We could misinterpret that and just think, then all that I have been up to this point is is completely dead and discarded. But what I've discovered over following Jesus for 20 plus years is not that he discards our past. It's like he utilizes all of what the enemy meant for ugly in our lives for good and we now have a chance to impact others in the same way God forgave and began to transform us it's a beautiful thing first Peter 2 21 says it this way God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you he's your example and you must follow in his steps follow so God wanted the people to follow he wanted Adam and Eve to follow him in the garden the people of Israel to follow him throughout the Old Testament of the scriptures you see his attempt at leading people and reestablishing relationship with them and and now he sends his son Jesus to redeem the world and communicates the same message follow me I remember the subtle nudge of God on my life to go his way. And that come and follow me lure had me 
going directions I had never anticipated. See, I thought I was going to be an NBA basketball player, honestly. That's, that was my world. I know looking at me, you were, you're thinking the same thing, but uh, it's my build. You can tell I have hops. Gravity has never had a hold on me. And uh, so I just was going to, it has a different hold on me now. But anyway, you know, that was my aspiration. I was, I was going to uh, play basketball at UW and uh, go dogs. Great game last night. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so uh, we, you know, I was going to do that. And I was going to be a drama teacher because I also acted. I love to act. I um, I love to, to do musical theater, and, and I ended up just doing musical theater for some reason. I mean, not because of my height or inability to play basketball. Anyway, so I, uh, no, I, I did end up going towards drama, and I was going to be then a basketball coach and a drama teacher, and then I wasn't allowed to continue in college, and so... I, you know, was going through these doors of life, and I find myself uh, being my own self-destructor and uh, in the entertainment industry and just making horrible choices. And then all of a sudden, at the low point of my life, I meet Jesus. And I'm thinking I lost everything. I'm thinking I walked away from it all. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes back into my story, and he hadn't been there since I was a young teen. And I'm just going... What? How could God love me? This, I've done this, 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 I've done all, I've done a lot of this. And I find myself back in his story and surrendering and following. And all of a sudden, I'm back in a way entertaining, talking, leading, still a huge fan of basketball. Huge fan. Just ask my neighbors. They probably heard me scream at around, when did they sink that three-pointer and win the game last night? You know, it was right about then. Um, the, the neighbors were probably calling 911. Domestic violence in the Huff House. Somebody's screaming. But they, uh, it was crazy. I just still love it. College basketball being my favorite sport now to watch. And, and it still would love, I love that coach mindset and stuff. But it's all like God redeeming this and saying, no, you're not going to lead basketball players. You're going to lead lives. You're going to lead people. You're going to use those same skills you developed through coaches and the people who poured into your life and drama teachers and musical instructors and you're going to use those to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And it's going to be more fulfilling than the highest scoring game you've ever scored. It's going to be more fulfilling than anything you could have ever fathomed. And you know what? What I left behind is nothing to compared to the adventure I've been on. How do you convince somebody? You can't. Following Jesus didn't get rid of my personality, my defects. It put those to work in a way that has helped so many people understand the love of God in their life. And, and he's got the same intent for you. Your strengths and your weaknesses are a gift in God's hand if you'll follow Jesus. It's crazy to think, right? 
So who is on the line to pick up their cross and follow Jesus daily in the room? I mean, that's, right? Are you allowing yourself to pick up that cross or are you trying to still carry your own load? Someone needs you to carry your cross daily and without your story, without your weaknesses, without your doubts, without your failures and strengths and blessings, they're not going to find and follow Jesus because your story is what's going to lead them to him. You're going to be their connector as we'll talk about in a couple weeks. Thought three, God's guidance is alive in us today through the Holy Spirit. God's guidance is alive in us through the Holy Spirit. Maybe we could even say God's guidance is still alive, right? Because remember, it was his spirit represented in that pillar of fire in the Old Testament, and it was his spirit guiding his son Jesus to live a perfect life and give his life up on a cross to, to shed his blood that, that by his perfection, by his perfect sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven of sin. Through that, all of a sudden, we have life that's available to us in, in this gift of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.24 says it this way. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. And crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We are in this thing to follow one person. God. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us. If Jesus would not have gone to the cross, not have gone to the grave, not resurrected three days later and ascended into heaven, this gift of the Spirit would not be ours that when we make a decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. Now that fire that went before them in the Old Testament is in us. And we're able to be in stride with God and listen to the nudge of our spirit to pursue the things he would have us pursue. Day in and day out. We're not without him. He's always with us. If we choose to follow Jesus. It's not about you or elevating your reputation. But it's about lifting the name of Jesus. This journey we're in. We're lifting the name of the Lord. The spirit of God living in us. Leading us in every part of our life. As we lay our life down and take up our cross. Don't begin denying your need for Jesus and getting distracted along the way and saying, man, I've led this neighbor to come to church and, man, I know this neighbor and have prayed for them and they've made a decision to follow Jesus. I am the ultimate neighbor. Dun, dun, dun. No, it's still all about Jesus. It's not, the story's not about us. The story's about Jesus, and we just so happen to surrender and allow the Spirit to give us the right words to say, and we stay on mission. We say in our mission at Open Life that we're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're people leading people. 
It doesn't stop there. It's not about us as the people. It's all about leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. It's not about Jaden leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus or Thad leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus or John leading 30 students to camp so that they can be in a growing relationship with Jesus. It's, it's not. It's about us connecting people to Jesus so he can lead them. It's not a worship team leading people into Jesus' presence, although they're pretty amazing. It's Jesus touching our hearts and stirring us to elevate our adoration to God. It's not about an evangelist next week who will come and and speak an incredibly inspiring and motivating message. He's here to lead us to hear the Spirit in our own life and follow the Spirit's lead. It's about the second half of the mission We're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. This relationship grows as we lay down our life and as we follow the Holy Spirit's nudge. I remember when we were praying what was next in our life. Uh, How many years ago? Nine years ago. And uh, we were sitting there praying and just saying, Lord, what do you have? Lord, what do you have? And, And it was right around this this time of year, actually, and, uh, and all of a sudden, this concept comes across our path of, hey, you know, there's a church closing in Bonnie Lake, and we just feel like maybe there needs to be a church there that would really connect with people who've never found or followed Jesus, and, and the, the wording they used was those that are far from God, and, and so I, was, I never thought of starting a church in my life, and the nudge came, that unction, Right? And it was like, what? I remember we had guests at the house. I was at a meeting that I wasn't even mandated to be at. And I'm hearing this presented of how somebody needs to be in Bonnie Lake that would surrender and just take on this thing of starting a church. And I was like, and I'm I'm like hearing all these ideas in my head that I was afraid to verbalize in the meeting because I was a youth pastor at the time at the church in Auburn and I'm going, if I say it's me, I'm, is that resigning? <gasps> How do we pay the bills? What do we do? You know, so I started freaking out a little. But at the same time, the Spirit of God was invading everybody's heart in the room and I wasn't the only one feeling it. And by the end of a, a meeting, like, there was a, 10-3 or 10-4 vote to start a church in Bonnie Lake and that Thad would be the pastor and I've not even talked to Dana about it. I remember coming home and there's a couple at our house and I just whispered to Dana, um, yeah, I kind of said we'd start a church. Anyway, so yeah, how are you guys doing? And she's freaking out, what? Oh, no, what? Oh, no, what? You know, and we were on this journey of discovering from there, like, how do we do this? And we were read, I was reading a book at the time by Mark Batterson called The Wild Goose. It was talking about following this adventure of the faith by pursuing the Holy Spirit. And he's an incredible writer if you've never grabbed a hold of any of his stuff. And, and, and I, he was challenging in this book. Like, the, life was never intended to be safe. Safe's not in the Bible. It's meant to be an adventure. And the Holy Spirit leads you on this adventure when you follow Jesus. 
and hear from the Holy Spirit. And I'm an adventurous already, so for me that was like, okay, well, luckily, you know, we had three weeks to pray about it. We said yes, and this thing a few months later started called Open Life. Here we are, eight years into this church. And I just go, the difference we've been able to make in this community and the favor and leading opportunities in community and and rubbing shoulders with people who just doubt the validity of the gospel and of Jesus and yet we're able to grow in a relationship with them and the neighbors that have been impacted and the stories are incredible. And they're so more fulfilling than anything that would have my name attached to it because... I just listen to the Holy Spirit. What's the journey ahead for you? Like what little voice have you been sensing and questioning and going, but not me, I'm disqualified. Like I made these mistakes with my life, but God's going, no, no, no. Let's use that for something amazing. With your gifts, this is incredible. 10, 20 years from now, you'll be astounded what God accomplishes if you just follow God. The adventure on the other side of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you is worth every second. Don't fear what you might lay down by laying your life down because what you pick up is incredible. Incredible! And that's just my opinion of it all. In the next 24 hours, I hope you hear from the Lord. I hope you sense that nudge of the Holy Spirit. I hope You know, there's a little more than just football, right? But the next 24 hours, as normal as you are, not with anything super spiritual or additional, that God just shows up and you hear that nudge, follow me, right? Follow me. And you're going, really? And he confirms those around you. Maybe with the group you're in, you can share what you've been sensing God speaking to you and you begin to take steps forward and pursue him that's my prayer for you and today we do get to have some fun and watch the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl not that the Holy Spirit told me that that was going to happen no what I do know is going to happen is there is going to be some incredible commercials that we can laugh at right dilly dilly I was hoping somebody would dilly dilly back thank you for the Dilly Dillyers. Um, one of my favorite commercials. How is that not a Super Bowl commercial? They better have more today. So, uh, you know, maybe for you, you're just not going to be able to stop the feeling and dance, dance, dance at halftime. See what I did there? Okay. Uh, but this week, there's an adventure ahead. The game will be over. The commercials will still be probably echoing in your head. But you'll be moving throughout this week and hearing that still small voice of God saying, talk to this neighbor. Or maybe you'll be sensing, take this conversation to the next level. Just see if you could pray with them. Or maybe it's going to be reaching out to that family member that you've been disassociated with forever. And you hear God saying, man, mend that relationship and you're just like okay God if this is you I'm going for it I just pray for boldness in your life the same boldness that would cause people to pursue fire in a wilderness in the old testament that same boldness is in us it's called the Holy Spirit and 
our action for this week, our action point is let God lead. And we kept a little prayer on the bottom of the handout there. And I, I think it'd be a great prayer for you to pray daily this week and maybe forever. But a prayer that simply says, I give up my own way. I choose to take up your cross and follow you today. Man, what could happen if we would pray a prayer like that every day? God, I pray that my life, I, I lay it before you and I want to take up your desires for the best version of me that I could pursue today. What could be possible if we hear from God after praying a prayer of surrender like that daily? I think incredible things are ahead for you. Incredible things. An adventure that you look back on and go, I'm so glad I crossed that line and began to pray a prayer like that. We'll pray that prayer in just a second in closing. But we're going to respond today in, in, a, in taking communion. Um, we have bread and some grape juice. It's gluten bread, just in case anybody wondered. Um, uh, and so you were challenged in Scripture by Jesus and by the disciples following Jesus that we should remember often the price he paid. He gave up his body and symbolized in the bread that was broken for us, for our sins, for the things we do wrong to mend our relationship with God. And then he shed his blood symbolized in the juice. And when we take the bread and, and we dip it in the juice quickly and try not to trip on ourselves or let the bread float because that looks random for the person behind you. Uh, we take that and we take it and we go, this is our confession of, okay, Jesus, I get that you gave up your body and you shed your blood so that I could be free from sin. And, and that is what made the way for the Holy Spirit to come into my life and for me to be guided by you. It's all of that all in one moment of remembrance. Scripture tells us that if we do this ritual, if you will, that reminds us of Christ's sacrifice, God's gift to us of his son, that we should just make sure we've chosen to follow Jesus ourselves before we do it, or else our sins are being like amplified upon us. So we're going to pray. We're going to surrender to Jesus, and then we can celebrate communion together. And if you're not at that place to cross the line of faith yet, that's fine. You don't have to feel forced to go receive communion today. You get to sit here and enjoy the worship team. And we're all going to come back and worship together. And then Jaden will come and close us out today. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to find and follow you. And we pray this prayer today. We lay down our life. And we take up the cross. It's the cross that you gave up your body and you shed your blood upon. So that we could be forgiven of all of our sin so that we could take up a life on mission with you, following you, following this adventure your Holy Spirit would guide us on. And you've been asking us to follow through all the ages. We choose to follow you today, Jesus. Maybe that's a first decision for someone in this room and we celebrate with them, but we choose to follow you. And we wanna follow the adventure of the faith that you lead us on. Help us to get out of the way so that you can be amplified 
through us as we take up our cross and follow you daily. We celebrate this communion today, God, as we take the bread and the juice and we eat it in celebration of the price you paid on the cross. God, I pray it would be a special moment of declaration that we are going to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.